Hello and welcome back to Perspective. I'm very excited for today's recording as it is season one, episode one, in which I'm going to be sitting down with the man behind USC Vintage, Jack Engstrom. For those of you who don't know, he runs USC Vintage, which is a curated collection of vintage USC clothing that highlights the importance of quality and sustainability in fashion. In this episode, we are going to explore how Jack got his start, how he manages a business while being a full-time student, and all the logistics involved in running a company. With that being said, let's see what Jack's perspective really is. All right, welcome Jack to Perspective. I'm so happy to have you on as our first guest, and I want to start off by thanking you for agreeing to record this with me, um, putting a lot of trust in Perspective as our first guest, and that really means a lot to Spec Magazine. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. It's going to be a fun talk. Yeah, so to begin, if you could give the listeners some background about yourself, you know, where you grew up, how you found yourself at SC, and how you really got interested with vintage clothing. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jack Engstrom. I grew up in Palos Verdes Estates, which is probably 45 minutes south of campus here. Um, I just transferred from community college, so I didn't take the traditional path to get to USC, but grew up in a Trojan family. Uh, both my parents went here, so always had the thought in the back of my head of coming here to campus. Nice. So how did you come up with the idea for USC Vintage, and specifically, I was interested to know when you came up with it. Like you said, you're from a Trojan family. So like from the beginning, like did you just like have your own collection of USC clothing or like how did this come to be? Yeah, so it's actually like pretty interesting the journey like it took to get to this point, I'd say. Um, I'd say it started, there's always seeds of like USC growing up. I would watch the games on TV, the bowl games. I'd go to a lot of the games, but through like middle school and high school like I wasn't that involved with USC like just kind of in the back of my head you know like maybe I'll go there this or that but I started selling sneakers in middle school kind of like when that whole hype was Mm -hmm. taking off with like Jordans and Yeezys were coming out and all that stuff so I'd say I was 12 or 13 when I first like saw the market and I was like, you know what, I could probably make a little bit of side change uh, hustling sneakers. So I got into the sneaker game, um, as, as they call it, yeah. um, at a very young age. So one of my mom's students at Cal State Long Beach worked at Foot Action and kind of worked as a plug for sneakers, kind of rigging the raffles and everything. So that's how I first started getting shoes and my connection in shoes. And from there, I worked in shoes for probably a year or two. It was decent money. I'd say it wasn't enough money to where I'd be like, okay, I can make a career out of this or... I didn't really like the people enough to be wanting to do that much longer. A lot of the people I met in sneakers were very pushy. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they were very like hustle, hustle. It's like all for me. It wasn't like there was no community there that I wanted to like really be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from sneakers, I met a couple guys who on the side, Uh, had like clothing collections with like band tees and random old clothes and I was like hold on a second like (laughs) these clothes are way cooler than like the sneakers because like the whole point of the sneakers was like the nostalgia right Mm -hmm. it was like Jordan was wearing them and you want a piece of like Jordan's history yeah and then I was like well like the clothes are like way bigger part of 
the like history of the fashion and everything so i it like blew my mind when i first saw these shirts i was like where have these been like all these like nirvana shirts Mm -hmm. and like punk rock and rap shirts and so that like opened my eyes to that whole like scene which was like a very new scene at the time i'd say this Mm -hmm. like 2012 2013 like vintage was very it was there but it was it was a very like very much a subculture in LA like more than it is now like it's definitely gotten more mainstream yeah so from from the guys I met in the sneaker game and that I got into saw the shirts and then started getting into just general vintage like you know 90s clothes 80s clothes collecting it for myself going to thrift stores uh, and I did that for years like maybe like six or seven years just like throughout high school I would go to thrift stores and like resell like polo and uh, band shirts and all that stuff and then towards the end of high school when I started thinking about college I was like you know what is there any cool like USC stuff because like I want to go there probably um and naturally I started kind of collecting some cool like t-shirts um that were USC Trojan type stuff and um from there I started finding like sizes that weren't mine and then I'd be like, <laughs> you know, what? like I can't like leave these behind. So then I started like having like stacks in my room of like old USC gear. And I was like, what if I just kind of like took this, like, it's kind of like its own market. Yeah, right? I was going like, to say it's the, a niche market. Yeah, it's like a sure, niche. But a big so, one. Yeah, it's like huge. Like the Trojan families everywhere, as mm-hmm. they like to say. So I took these like stacks of clothes and I started the Instagram page. It was kind of like an offshoot of another page I had going on, which at first it was very slow and then like it's just blown up and like grown from there and it's still growing now so yeah that's how I like got into that (laughs) so you started off collecting the pieces yourself at these different thrift stores and stuff and that's really time consuming because I've tried to thrift before and I just simply don't have the patience for it yeah you have to have a lot of patience I admire you for that um So do you do all of the, like, sourcing yourself? Like, are you going to these, like, thrift stores, like, every week? Or, like, how did you build your collection to be so big? Yeah, so it's taken years to get to, like, where my collection is today. Like, I'd say I probably have, like, between 1,500 and 2,000 USC-related items Mm -hmm. in the collection right now. And that's always, like, changing in and out depending on how much I'm moving. But uh, to get to that point, at first I started going to like flea markets and thrift stores and it was very time consuming. Like I love doing it, but you know, sometimes you'd, you'd go for three, four, five days and you wouldn't find anything. And then you'd look yourself in the mirror and be like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, it's definitely a game of patience, like yeah. in that whole scene. But through even the days where I'd strike out, and I would meet like a lot of the same people and see a lot of the same people in LA, like doing the same thing I was doing, looking for whatever, you know, specific items or just like vintage in general. So there's all these like hunters, like kind of like pickers, you know, like mm-hmm. garage sales, estate sales, flea markets. I'd see like kind of the same crowd. So through that crowd, I made a bunch of connections and then started. Uh, dealing with them and telling them about what I was trying to do and what I was trying to collect and so then they started picking things and we would make trades and oh, like, started buying it off of them and then from there it's kind of like grown into this like army of guys who know like oh like if you find USC like go to this collector and you oh know, interesting so that's how the sourcing part of it kind of like grew into something bigger where 
I didn't have to be on the ground doing it all, but it's grown into this more organic, like, oh, the, the, I know this guy who knows this guy who's like a big collector. And uh, from that, it kind of like was a lot easier to source. Mm-hmm. To this like community of people that are just like yeah, texting like you over. pictures. I have guys in San Diego, some guys that go down to Mexico, like all up the California mm-hmm. coast, even like guys in Nebraska and Indiana that just like this huge like network of people that I know and they know I'm looking for stuff and we'll like trade and all this stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then another question I had, cause I was thinking about like the times that I've gone to your pop-ups or like look to your Instagram. Like I see things. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to have that. Like, it's so cool. Like I would get attached to things. Like, do you ever find yourself like wanting to keep things for yourself and not oh, yeah. sell them? I feel like, I'm very that would happen to attached. me. Um, I have a huge like t-shirt collection. Mm-hmm. And, like all the I'm XL sure. like s- super cool like unique t-shirts are in my collection. I probably have like three or four hundred of them, um, and I just like can't sell them. But uh, one thing I'm doing, I'm starting to do uh, in a couple weeks, is I'm creating a photo book of all the old shirts. Um, That's really cool. And it's kind of, it's more of like a history book, you know, the Mm -hmm. fashion of USC, but it's going to help me to like let go of some things, I'd say, because (laughs) it's like, I want to like see them and appreciate them, but like at a certain point, I feel like it's not like as, I'm not appreciating them enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're just sitting in a box and like no one's enjoying them. So I want to be able to like share it and like, have someone else enjoy the pieces too, you know. Spec Magazine actually did an article about the evolution of game day clothing. And I wanted to ask you, like, you've seen stuff from like years ago, decades ago. So like you've kind of seen the projection of what people like to wear. Cause I feel like people typically wear the USC things um, on game day, mostly. I mean, not all the time, but mostly. Um, like, so how have you seen, because like you see all these clothes, clothing items come through like what would you say is like the projection of things like was it more sporty and then it like switched to trendy or how have you seen it um, yeah, evolve so it's very like interesting how the game day style of clothing like fits in with that decades like overall sense of fashion you know mm-hmm. so like i have things that go back all the way from like the 30s 40s and 50s and the designs back then are very simple, very, very simple, like just a USC or a Trojan horse. And the quality of the materials is where most of the time and effort was put into. So you'll have a very well put together leather varsity jacket that has survived for 80 years from the 1940s. And now it's it's just like the most simple design you see because all of their time and energy was going into quality of the product rather than the design. And then say, you know, you get into the, the 60s and 70s and you see the design kind of having a little bit more character. Um, you see a couple different USC logos pop up in the 70s and 80s. And then once you're into the 80s consumerism and this whole new era in America of um you know the whole fashion scene and everything just how much it it was expanding it's the pieces have a lot more character so i'd say from like the early early to mid 80s through like the late 90s uh the that's like the golden era of like the usc vintage clothing and i'd say that just reflects on like what was going on in in america during that time um 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I actually got a starter jacket from you and the quality of it is insane. Like it's so thick and warm and I love it. And I feel like some jackets that I buy now from like Zara or like those types of places, like I don't even think they're going to make it that long for people to resell them as vintage, you know? Right. It's just interesting to think about. A whole nother aspect of vintage clothing besides like the cool designs and all that is the uh, quality of it. Um, most of the older clothes are all made in America. They were handmade, like very high quality materials. And you kind of see that all the way up until the late nineties. Um, and then the late nineties, a lot of manufacturing of clothing starts going overseas or even to, uh, Mexico, India, uh, all these different countries. And then slowly throughout the two thousands, it's mostly China, um, doing all the manufacturing. And what you see from that is just a drop off in quality. Um, they, you know, they got to make their money and they got to do it with more logistics involved um, instead of just having, you know, a community of people in America doing all the work. So the, the quality definitely drops off as you get closer and closer to today's time. Um, and, you know, if you go to the bookstore or to anywhere selling clothing today, Zara, H&M, anywhere, the quality is just awful. Uh, it might last you a year or two where the, uh, the clothing from back then was made to last a lifetime. Okay, so let's talk about sustainability because your company is focused around vintage clothing, which is obviously sustainable and breaking the norm of fast fashion and cheap manufacturers. Is the reason you got interested in vintage clothing like kind of because it was sustainable or was that a passion you found like because of vintage clothing? Um, at first, to be honest, I did not think of the sustainability aspect at all. It was all the design and mm-hmm. like the quality and just something different and something fresh. But as I learned more about the the overall business as on a much broader scale than just going to a thrift store, when I kind of saw the big picture, it really opened my eyes up to like the fast fashion problem and the whole like sustainability aspect of it. Um, I mean, just recently I saw pictures of people in the desert in Chile, like digging through here, I'll show you literally digging through, um, clothes that they just dump in the desert that are from like H and M and like, like stores like that. Um, because the landfills are getting full of them and they have nowhere else to put them Mm -hmm. except just like starting to dump them off. Um, in oh the my desert. Gosh. Yeah, so they're like huge. That like, has to weigh so much because yeah, clothes weigh clothes a lot. Weigh a lot. Yeah. A lot. Like I can't even pick up like fifty sweatshirts. You know what oh, I mean? No. They weigh like a lot. So I can barely pick up my suitcases like to go yeah. to the airport. So yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, going to like rag houses, um, which are huge like processing facilities mm-hmm. of um, old clothing. Um, you just see. Uh, you know the problem uh, I go to a rag house in, in LA and uh, there's like three or four forklifts that are working like 12-13 hours a day just carrying clothes and dumping them and ready to be shipped off or thrown away so it's like a huge like I see it every day when I'm working mm-hmm. it's a huge like 
were there in the last stop and you know if we don't pick them up they're going to the yeah. landfill so it's a huge problem that people need to work on and you know try to buy vintage buy recycled clothing mm-hmm. and be more sustainable and what's interesting about that is it reminds me of like in the future like people aren't going to know necessarily like what we wore i mean i guess they'll have pictures and stuff but like we're able to recover all these like clothes from like so many years ago and then i feel like that's going to be a struggle in the future for people like they're not going to know the trends like they're not going to be able to like pull the clothes out and like actually see them they're just going to have pictures of it which is also another thing to think about too yeah, definitely i think you know in today's time clothing's like losing a lot of its meaning um you know back in say the 50s you would work for a month or two months or three months and save up and get a really nice jacket and then you would be very careful about that jacket and dry clean it and look after that jacket and now it's like you can go into say Zara H and M and and buy a hoodie for twelve ninety nine and wear it one time and throw it in the trash. It's like people don't really think think the same they did um, going back in time. So that's definitely like a problem in, in today's society. Yeah, fast fashion is a whole problem. I feel like now people buy things with the intention of just wearing them one time. Like a lot of times I'll hear my friends say like, oh, I can't wear this tonight. Like I wore that last weekend. It's stupid just to think that people, I mean, I guess I'm guilty of it too, but buying things and not wearing it as much as they should. Okay, so moving into the future of USC Vintage, I think a lot of people are wondering if you're going to continue it um, after you graduate or if you're going to pass it down to an underclassman. Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I don't really even know the (laughs) full answer to yet. Um, I definitely think this is something I'll be doing for at least, you know, four or five years down the line, Mm -hmm. whether that means being uh, a side hustle or a full time job. um, We'll see as time tells. But as of now, um, I definitely see myself attached to this this brand and this uh, this whole community we have going um, for for a while. Mm hmm. Do you think um, later down the line after you graduate, you're going to do something with fashion or for a career? Or how do you see that um, playing out? Yeah. So um, right now I'm I'm a real estate development major. Um, I don't know what <laughs> I will do. Um, real estate's interesting, but my passion, I'd say, is in fashion. Um, so uh, maybe taking my knowledge from real estate and applying it to say getting a mortgage for a retail store for fashion or mm-hmm. something like that there you go. might be more applicable in my career um but we, we will see as uh time tells and as more um opportunities and experiences come into my life um like i had no idea i would be doing usc vintage until a couple of years ago so yeah. you, you never know what's gonna pop up and come into your life but i think i'll be attached to this brand for a while yeah and who knows maybe you'll find a different niche of clothing to outsource to exactly yeah (laughs) okay next i had a question for you being a full-time student while also running this business um i find it hard to even balance just school so i was wondering how you do it yeah so it's it's a struggle for sure balancing uh, a full small business with school i'd say through the help of some counseling um, and time management, I've 
done better than I should be doing with it, but it's definitely still a learning experience for me. Um, finding out how to balance personal life, school, business is, uh, I think, something that I'll always be doing until um, for you know many years down the line. So as of now, I'd say it's a lot of uh, coffee and not a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think that's everyone as a college student. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're passionate about something, um, you know, the work doesn't seem as tedious. And that's kind of how it is with uh, vintage. You know, it will be a Friday night and I might work from midnight until three in the morning after I get back from going out with friends or you just find time to do it because um, I love doing it. Yeah. Also, I was wondering if you ever get distracted by all the notifications while studying because you said it's like all on Instagram and everything. And every time I've used USC Vintage to get clothing from you, um, you respond to everything so quickly, which I admire because as a customer, like that's really valuable. So yeah, like do you ever get... um, um, yeah, I definitely get sidetracked yeah. sometimes. Um, <laughs> if I really need to put my head down and study for a test, I'll, you know, put my phone in another room mm-hmm. or whatever. But, um, you know, really, I try my best to be quick and responsive to my customers. And that's, you know, a big part of my business is, yeah. is speed and shipping quickly and getting back to people quickly with uh, what they need, measurements, uh, sizing, stuff like that. So I'd say... Um, you know, it's it could be a distraction sometimes, but it's part it's, of the it's business. A healthy distraction for for uh, the business, yeah. Next Sense Perspective is an extension of Spec Magazine, a fashion, lifestyle, culture, wellness magazine. We are going to ask some questions regarding those topics. And now this is going to be a speed round of questions, so just answer whatever comes to your mind, Jack. No right answers, just blurt it out. Sweet. Okay, to begin. In three words, describe your personal style. Personal style. Unique. Beachy. (laughs) And old school. Favorite spot on campus? Probably any part of campus that is like garden oriented. Like, mm-hmm. like I love being in South Central and having some trees and like flowers yeah. and stuff like that around. Yeah. Um, favorite restaurant in LA? It, it, it rotates for me, but I, at the moment, um, there's this Italian place in Venice called Barique or Barique. Okay. Um, they have really good beet pasta. That's my favorite thing. Interesting. It is the spot. If you like Italian, sorry, going to interject here. You should yep. try Rosso Blue. Um, it's in the fashion district, I believe. It's really close to campus. Perfect. So good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everyone needs to go try it. It's amazing. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> Out of your own personal USC clothing collection, what is your favorite item? And you can only pick one. <sighs> only pick one is super tough mm-hmm. because I have so many favorites. Um, I'd say if I had to pick one, it would be, I have this old chalk line Fanimation jacket, which has this huge graphic on the back of like a Trojan and a horse. Um, it's, it's on my Instagram feed somewhere. I posted it a while ago. Um, but I don't think that one's ever leaving the collection. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any daily practices aimed at maintaining good mental health, like journaling or working out? Um, I try to work out. Um, 
something unique I do for mm-hmm. mental health is uh, skydiving. Yes. It seems very strange to a lot of people, <laughs> but I've found um, that to be kind of my the most meditative meditative uh, time uh, when you're alone in the sky. You just have a lot on your mind. Yeah. I've actually gone skydiving before, and it is weirdly meditative. Like, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. there's, like, a little bit of nerves, but surprisingly, like, I was so calm during it, which I was, like, confused, but then I, I don't know. It's just yeah. this, like, really... It's very, like, zen when you're yeah. there. Like, it calms you down and, like, gives mm-hmm. you perspective on things. So yeah. That helps a lot. Um, what's your favorite song, like, of all time? Not just currently. All-time favorite song. Hmm. That's a really hard question. That's a hard question. I know. You can give a few if you'd like. Let's see. I really like... Huh. <laughs> I like Motley Crue. I like Nirvana. Okay. I like reggae. So, like, my song choices are all over the place. Yeah. Um. I'd say anything, like, primetime Blink-182 or, like, in utero, like, Nirvana is, like, very close to, like, what my... Some of the style of, like, if I were to pick a favorite song. Can't mm-hmm. pick one, though. Do you listen to music while you skydive? Can you even do that? Yeah, I do. Oh, I do. interesting. Yeah. How I do you, actually, like, like, make sure the headphones don't I, fall out? Yeah, I have, like, a wire that goes through my helmet. Okay. And, uh, I put my phone in, like, a little zipper pouch. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll literally, like, call people up uh, when we're climbing to altitude and then, like, throw some tunes on, um, depending on what mood I'm in. You know, it might be, like, uh, some heavy metal or, like, something mm-hmm. random like that if... Um, that's the vibe or just some like calm like music it depends what altitude do you like skydive at like I um, when I did it it was 13,000 yeah typically you do like 13,000 okay. feet I've done a couple jumps where we're like lower or higher which mm-hmm. is fun but 13,000 is like the, the you know average have you ever had any like incidents or accidents where you like broke a leg or something I feel like that always happens with skydiving um, no incidents so far that's good um it's pretty it's surprisingly a pretty safe sport yeah um so you know we say if if you land safe you had a great jump so exactly what's your favorite movie of all time Ooh. or do you have like a favorite genre of movie like, oh yeah like? i'm like huge on documentaries I've okay i've seen like every documentary on netflix hulu hbo max and like like literally every website amazon prime like everything have you ever seen no cameras allowed yes is that is such a good movie oh my gosh that made me want to like i don't even know like drop out of school and like pick up a camera even though that's not me at all but um that movie is so good everyone needs to go see that as well yeah that's a Um, great one it's so good i just watched a new documentary on netflix um 14 peaks okay is highlighting a, a nepalese climber who climbs all eight thousand all 14 eight thousand foot peaks in the world in seven months interesting and the previous record i think was like 16 or 17 years oh so it was like a huge he smashed like, that record deal it was a it was a really good documentary hmm. i recommend it what other documentaries do you recommend um let's see on hbo max i don't know what it's called but there's a really good documentary on the uh the heroin epidemic and like mm-hmm. all the pharmaceutical stuff um it's like a two-part documentary that one's really interesting i recommend that um let's see apparently there's a new documentary coming out or if it, it might already be out about like the whole astro world incident um i think it's on hulu but that'll be interesting to watch yeah i'll have to check that out mm-hmm. i haven't seen that one 
um, the Von Dutch one was really good. It's oh, a yeah. series on, like, the whole Von Dutch, mm-hmm. uh, like, how they came up as a company and where they are today is interesting. it looks like we've come to an end of our first ever full-length episode of perspective make sure you go follow spec mag usc on instagram so you get all updates about new episodes and make sure to check out usc vintage on instagram to find some one-of-a-kind usc clothing jack thank you again for coming in it was such a pleasure getting to know your story better and the brain behind the brand um do you have anything else to add thank you for having me um buy vintage keep your (laughs) eyes out for this uh photo book that i'll come out with and check out the pop-up shops yeah all right well i'm your host chloe kopsky thank you for listening to perspective talk to you on our second episode with yet another talented special guest